Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I need to own up to something. I love sports, but I'm also a man, and a man with needs. I need fist pumping and yelling and spit flying from my athletes and coaches, and that's why I just can't do Kawhi Leonard caring about nothing. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a meatball. I might just be a sports dope. But I can't be the only one that is wired to be more drawn to athletes and coaches who are screaming and yelling and getting in people's faces and throwing their fists in the air than Kawhi Leonard sitting solemnly by himself in a suite with 15,000 people around him going crazy. And he is giving me nothing. Monday edition of Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Hey. We're going into a three-day weekend. So listen up and get focused, all right? Get focused. You can hold out the next five days. We're on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app. On your smart speaker as well, play ESPN 106.3. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the sparkly and humid Intracoastal. So I, I had to laugh to myself on Saturday night watching Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals. My boy D-Book and CP3 and the Suns, they're on the precipice of going to their first NBA Finals since 1993 when a certain GOAT wearing a 23 Chicago uniform got the better of him and won his third NBA championship. LeBron played for Chicago? <laughs> that would be Michael Jordan. By the way, that's Coquel. Uh, I'm Ken Lavica, and we are here with Don't you. Don't mind me today. You've had a, a rough morning. We'll give that to we'll uh, we'll 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 make sure that that you are calm and cool and collected here for the next hour. I'm going to even you out, okay? Oh boy! Uh, but uh, Staples Center is going crazy Saturday night. The Clippers with Paul George trying to push themselves, trying to will themselves uh, back into that game. And in the third quarter, they went through a run where uh, they were hitting absolutely everything. They were executed. They had finally broken down the Suns. And Paul George hits a mid-range jumper, part of a scoring spree for him. And Mike Breen on ESPN, as the camera pans to Kawhi Leonard, who is sitting by himself in a suite with his head in his hands, and everybody going crazy around him. This is what the call sounded like on ESPN. George looking to draw a foul, throws it. The Miss Building has come alive. The lead is cut to six. Kawhi Leonard going crazy. <laughs> So Mike Breen goes total tongue-in-cheek on ESPN, and uh, it was great. I mean, it was. Uh, I, I mean, Mike Breen is the king. He is the best, and he's got the driest sense of humor possible, which is great. And it was perfect for that situation. But let's talk about Kawhi Leonard for a second, because at first it was cute. Kawhi, never smiling, straight face all the time, never getting excited about anything. Guys are trying to dap him up in the tunnel going out to the court. He just waves him off or just looks straight ahead. Uh, it's, it's funny. Like It's legit funny. And it's a personality quirk that I love about Kawhi Leonard. But I also, 
I find it so off-putting as well. Because me, as a sports fan, and I didn't realize it, I don't think, until Kawhi Leonard came around and came to the height of his powers, I'm so programmed to be drawn to great athletes, and we can extend this to coaches as well, who are yelly, screamy, spittle all over the place, pumping their fist, red-faced. Like, that's my type of athlete and coach. And Kawhi is like watching a wall. And I... I, I get uncomfortable seeing Kawhi when locker room celebrations are going on and he's just sitting there doing nothing. Or an arena full of people are going absolutely berserk, loud, thunderous noise, and he's doing nothing. I, It's so jarring to my sports fan system, and I can't be the only one, right, Coquel? Like, I can't be the only one who feels this way. You would have been proud of me this weekend at the Y in my basketball debut oh, as a fill-in coach. Oh, no. I was up and down the court, <laughs> stomping my feet. Stalking the sideline. We, oh, oh, and a timeout came, charging on the court for high fives and yeah. fist bumps, yeah. and then midway realizing that there's COVID stuff going on. I didn't know what to do with other people's kids. <laughs> I started like elbowing them in the nose because I ran out of things to do with my hands. <laughs> I, I, I like to picture you as one of those inflatable, uh, like wavy guys in front of car dealerships. I like, basically that's what was. I doing. started as a high five, and then I realized I shouldn't. <laughs> I, and I didn't know. What, my arms were already up, and I didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> and it was just a, it was a rough spot. The weird part for Kawhi with me, and I'm wondering if he'd be a little bit better if he was on the bench. Because not only is he stoic, he's away from his team. So yeah. I've, I've never seen a player injured be away from his team in the, in this situation. Yeah, and also look like he doesn't even want to be in the building. I think that I I need some sort of ruling on this because I wonder if this makes me a sports meatball for expecting that I'm going to see yelling and screaming and stomping off the bench like Coquel did at his son's YMCA basketball game this weekend. Seventeen to four victory, by the way. Just oh, you guys! What kind of defense did you play? A little Beheim and me put out the two three. <laughs> Oh, I love you. Do you want your favorite players and coaches with or without emotion? Because we have to extend this to coaches as well. And I do think this discussion might be better with coaches, period. But we have to involve coaches in this. Do you, as a sports fan, want your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion? 888-760-3776. 760-3776 or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm because if you bring this into the football realm I think it's even more jarring so for me and I'm just going to give you my personal experiences as a Bears fan the Bears transitioned in back-to-back coaches from Mike Ditka to Dave Wanstead Ditka screaming yelling scowling all the time angry uh, confrontational. Dave Wanstead never met a microphone that he never loved. He also uh, would stalk the sideline, get red face, scream at officials. But then, in my childhood, it transitioned from all I knew, Dicka and Wanstead, to Dick Jaron, followed by Lovey Smith. Maybe the two most docile head coaches in NFL history. And this is where I think it might come from Me being raised as a Bears fan, because all I knew was screaming and yelling. All I knew was alpha male. All I knew was like what Dan Campbell tries to be with the Detroit Lions that Uh. we make fun of. And then when the Bears were losing under Dick Chiron, and he wasn't saying anything, 
And anytime they panned to him on the sideline, he was just straight-faced and looking at a clipboard. It would drive me insane as budding sports fan me. I'd say, Dick, why aren't you yelling? What are you doing? Or what aren't you doing? And it drove me crazy, and I think that's that might be where this came from. Do me a favor. First of all, use appropriate language on the air. That's Thank his you. name, oh, Coquel. Oh, Would you be mad, though, if Belichick was your coach and you're winning and the guy was just standing <laughs> I don't know. there? That's a great question. Like I just, but, but then I got it with Lovey Smith. So Lovey Smith was the exact same as Dick Chiron, except the Bears started winning. And that's when I started to come around a little bit on the pacifist coach, on the uh, quiet talking head coach. But that was new to me. Because I it, it, I had never known that to actually work before. But now that Kawhi Leonard, who is one of the greats in the NBA, but shows absolutely no emotion, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's happening, I find it off-putting, just like I found it off-putting when Larry Bird, when he was the head coach of the Pacers at the height of their powers, when they're going up against the Jordan Bulls in the second three-peat. And no matter what happened, good Bad Reggie Miller game winner, which he pushed off on Jordan and they didn't call the foul to force a game seven. No matter what happened, with people screaming Wait, whoa, whoa, around whoa, Larry whoa, Bird. Whoa, 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 A Bulls fan, a Jordan fan complaining about someone else's push off. <laughs> Got it. Um, but you he, thought yes. he would just stand there with his arms at his sides and not react to anything. And as a sports fan, that makes me feel weird it gives me a weird feeling in my stomach do you want your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 at ESPN West Palm is where you tweet at us but do you want your players or coaches with or without emotion are you into Kawhi Leonard or do you want someone more like uh, like a Mike Ditka in my football realm or like any typical NFL player? There aren't many NFL players that are just walking off the field expressionless, emotionless. You do see it sometimes in the NBA. Baseball players, there's a good portion of them that still wish you should still say you should not show any sort of emotion whatsoever, no matter what happens in the sport, good or bad. But I, I need emotion, and I'm feeling more and more as I get older that I feed off of emotion. I feed off of reaction. And I just wonder how Kawhi Leonard's teammates, is it, do you think, Coquel, that it is for them when you're in a pressure situation, for them it's it's easier to be around Kawhi because he's just the ultimate even keel? Like while or, playing? Yeah, or they need him to at least show something to them to let them know that like it's time to turn on and it's time to get aggressive and engaged. I think he had to at least non-injured Kawhi because he acted the same way while playing had to at least prove himself first before the players understood what was happening. Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of like, wait a minute, does this guy even care? Yeah. You know, I, I don't, am I going to give him the ball when he doesn't even seem like he wants to be here right now? Injured, I don't think they care one way. I think they just laugh no, at Kawhi at this point. But he is the same way on the floor yeah. than he is in the suite by himself injured. And I just, I don't like the stoic look. I was thinking you were talking about coaches. I'm thinking of my favorite coaches, the Jets, Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. Rex Ryan, both high energy Boisterous. Guys. Now they got Robert Sala, who would look like a maniac on the yep. uh, 49ers sideline as a defensive coordinator. So I think I'm going to be happy there in the coaching. And as for players, I mean, you want your bench players to be celebrating, right? You don't want the stuff that goes on in the NCAA tournament where all the white guys who don't play create dances and stuff after three-pointers. 
Like, I don't need that, but I want the pure, raw emotion. But does the sport maybe make a difference and the position in said sport make a difference? Because I, I guess your quarterback... In pressure situations, you don't want him flailing around, fist pumping, jumping around as he's trying to get the yeah, offense to the line of scrimmage uh, in a two-minute drill. But you want him fired up. You want the guy who you know is going to go. You like, know, for me, like, and I'm just, and and now we're talking about like playing with said athlete. But for me, as a fan, that speaks to be more the outward yeah. expression of emotion. But I wonder though, too, if that's just my personality, like. There's nobody who's met me who would say, "Ah, oh, yeah, Ken, he's easy going." <laughs> like, no, I'm uptight, I'm twitchy, I'm screamy, I'm fist pumpy. Like, that's my thing, and I like players who do that and coaches who do that because one, I'm a meatball, but two, I feel like that it, that it, it speaks to me a little bit more. My favorite thing about you sometimes, and I'm going to pull back the curtain in our pre-show meetings. Like, I talk a lot, and Ken's listening to maybe a quarter of what I say. <laughs> but he's also a fired-up, emotional guy, so sometimes he won't be listening. And he'll jump in with all this emotion, and I won't be talking about anything important. I know. And he just wants to pretend he's listening, and that's where his personality goes. So he'll be screaming about me talking about my coffee and not even understanding, thinking I'm talking about the show, but just over-demonstrative. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's just me. But... Do you want, as a sports fan, your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion? 888 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Where's Coach Flo falling that, that See, that's the thing. I think he struck the balance. I think that Coach Flo is uh, calm when he needs to be and composed when he needs to be, but also he'll rip your ass if something goes poorly or he'll have your back if something starts to go down on the field. I mean, he's shown that. Um, And I do think that that may be, for me, there's more value when he does get into that crazy mode because he reserves it for the right moments than just him, that always being his his setting, his his fallback setting. Like when Tony Sperano coached the Dolphins, and may he rest in peace. And I had a lot of respect for Tony Sperano. Uh, I thought he was a really good coach. I thought he was the recipient of some raw deals based on front office moves. But he was genuinely, on game days, always up. Like, always up to a point where I'm like, man, like he's. <laughs> I, I hope he stays like yeah. healthy. Um, and then you could see as seasons went on, it would wear on him. And he would come into press conferences looking exhausted. You could feel feel the exhaustion from him like that wasn't him all the time but three and a half hours of just complete up intense aggressive that takes a lot out of you which is why flow is really impressive because he's able to sort of balance that now joe philbin was so stoic and so quiet that it almost seemed artificial when he tried to get excitable. You can't fake it. You I mean, can't it fake like that's, It's that's so easy. It's so, it's so much more easier to fake calmness when you're aggressive than it is to be a docile type and then try and force the aggression. Like, nothing got me more fired up as a Jets fan. I'm sure the players did, too. When Adam Gase's eyes would just start going crazy and you knew he was fired up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also... Uh, so, let's go back to my Chicago sports upbringing. Uh, Jerry Manuel. Former Met skipper. Before that, he was with the White Sox. And it would drive me absolutely crazy that Jerry Manuel never, ever, ever walked out of the dugout to argue with umpires. Nothing. He had some good teams there. 2003, the White Sox should have been in the playoffs, if not in the World Series. And they underperformed. And he refused to go out 
and fight for his team because that wasn't him. In fact, the Chicago newspapers in July of that season wrote a story about how he needed to show more aggression. He needed to stand up for his team, and the next night he forced it and went out and got himself ejected in the first inning, and it was really embarrassing because you knew that wasn't him. You're a Chicago original fan. Now you've stolen all the teams down here. <laughs> um, typical white guy just comes down mm-hmm. and takes whatever That's right. he wants. I just appropriate everything that I need. You think Jay Cutler's career would have been thought of better if he wasn't yes. just unquestionably? Unquestionably. Because there's no doubt Jay Cutler cared. And he was good for large portions of his career. But it was the blase... Facial expression, roll of the eye, sit on the bench, sit away from everybody that drew people into hating him. I mean despising him no matter where he was. People in Denver thought the same thing that people in Chicago thought, that people in Miami thought about him, that he doesn't care, that he's selfish, that he's all in it for him because he is uh, is so reined in. It came off as off-putting. And so I think sports fans need to come to the realization that you have a type. You have a type. Is it a Kawhi type? Is it a Jay Cutler type? Or is it a Mike Ditka type? Is it a Rex Ryan type? Is it a Robert Solid type? And I think football probably, where our jumping off point is the NBA, but football really is the interesting case study with all of this. Because I'm going to say something very blasphemous to my Yankee fans. I hated Joe Torre. The way he would look like he was sleeping in the dugout, <laughs> I could not stand it. It drove me nuts. There are times when Jeter bothered me when he acted like he didn't care. But then he would fist pump and I'd fall in love with How him. How do you feel about all everywhere. the rings on Joe Torre's hand? I mean, if he wakes up to look at him, great. <laughs> oh, man. He would get so much credit for just sitting there and be like, oh, he's controlling the atmosphere. I'm like, no, he's just not getting in the way and he's letting the players play. As a sports fan, do you want your favorite players or coaches with or without emotion? 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 Twitter's always open. At ESPN West Palm. Fantasy Brad tweets in. I don't think meatball's the term that I'd use, but as a passionate sports fan, I think it's only normal to want to see your favorite athletes showing similar emotions. So, Brad thinks it's like what I proposed. Uh, you, you are naturally going to be drawn to the athlete or the coach that is more like you and for me it is uptight it is screamy it is yelly and that's how a point gets across kudos to especially the coaches that don't need that though to get a point across that don't need to go to that point um there aren't many of them in the NFL, but they exist. But I feel like Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith are probably the two prime examples, right? Like those are those are the two guys in NFL history that have had the most success as the uh, the stoic coach in the NBA. Larry Bird had success, won an Eastern Conference Final, uh, went to the finals with the Pacers. Phil Jackson, uh, I think he sometimes he was misinterpreted as a a sort of calm coach. He was just high. <laughs> yeah, he had... Uh, Probably. Yeah, he had the peyote. Um, but he was also uh, someone that, when the situation lent to it, very much like Flo, he was aggressive, he was up, he was trying to make a point. Greg Popovich is very sort of docile But he'll go as to, well. But he'll get after it. He will. When, when the, the thing. Yeah. They just need to know that you'll really get it. Not fake it, but that it's in you. To get after it, then the players will be okay. It's just so interesting from a coaching perspective. Like, you've been in it. You've been a longtime high school football coach. Like, what do you find young athletes respond better to? Like, in your face, like, let's get this executed, or 
sit back, don't say anything, and let them work it out on their own, at least initially. Honestly, young kids nowadays a little bit more, and probably back then, but no one did it, just talking to them honestly. <laughs> just talking to them and coaching them being up and being positive. And, and yeah. I know everybody's going to be like, oh, no, participation trophy, Coquel, blah, blah, blah. But like just being up front, being honest with them, tell them what they did wrong, and actually coaching them up at that age instead yeah. of just screaming at them. And but the emotion you bring out to get them fired up, like before games, pregame speeches, they get into that. But again, it's it's got to be real. They see through everything. Yeah, much more than adults. Adults are jaded and then just mm-hmm. can't. They don't care enough. Kids want to believe in you, but they have to know it's real. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Do you want your favorite players or coaches with or without? Emotion. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. If you want to get in the sports industry, if you want to work in an industry that you've been dreaming of, you didn't know how to get there, you didn't really quite know what steps to take, well, that's why there's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. For 21 years, they have been providing that path. They have opened the gate. They have made sure that their students are getting into the sports industry. Dr. Jim Reardon, he has always evolved in the times. And you can imagine uh, that the sports industry has changed a whole hell of a lot in 21 years. And part of the reason that he's been able to evolve and he teaches the most up-to-date, the most current curriculum of any MBA sport management program in the entire country and the world, it's because he has professors that are in the sports industry. They are teaching first-hand information. They are working in sports currently. That's what you're getting with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, whether the courses are on campus in Boca Raton or done remotely, any walk of life, uh, any life situation, whether you're right out of college or you're uh, a mother or father, family of four, and you're going back to school, that's where the FAU MBA Sport Management Program comes in, and it's for you. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Was Dwight Howard in attendance watching the team that ended his season last night? What? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.